Yes, coming in hot, episode nine, the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man whose face has literally melted at the sight of round one, Jobber. How are you, mate? I'm so good. It's great, isn't it? Football's back. It's been so long. We've had, what, two days since the last Nations League game. It's just, it's finally upon us this season. A bit of bit of thank God that's over for me. Oh. Um, I want to love the Nations League, but it just underwhelmed, didn't it? But not to worry, the, the Prem is back. Speaking of guys who are back, Phil Foden, he's back. Mason Greenwood, also back. Yeah, they're back a bit early, I think, um, which is good for them. But uh, Manchester City's prodigy Phil Foden and United star Mason Greenwood were um, caught breaking the COVID bubble in Ireland. I'm sure everyone's seen this. A couple of sneaky texts from the boys and um, caught out on Snapchat. So Gareth, being the disciplinarian that he is, sent him straight home. So I suppose it wasn't the worst thing I'd ever seen, but not a great look during COVID. So it got me thinking, what's your favourite footballer behaving badly moment? Gee, a long list, isn't there? There is an absolute smorgasbord to it's choose from. Very long, and most of them start with Joey Barton. <laughs> but I've gone for um, AL Super Al, Super Alan Shearer, circa 1997. So there's a couple of ingredients here. Um, booze is one, um, a national hero is two, and Keith Gillespie laying down on the ground is uh, three. So the Newcastle players are on uh, tour, pre-season tour, and they've gone up north to uh, to Dublin. Um, and they're just frolicking around. Everyone's having a great time, a couple of beers. Philip Albert is wearing a traffic cone on top of his head just to set the scene. And Gillespie is flicking bottle tops at Alan Shearer. And, um, and David Batty tells a story that Al said, hey, Gillespie, you do that one more time, I'm going to give you a good hiding. And uh, Keith, being the hero that he is, flicked it at him one more time and then uh, Alan Shearer has gone up and just taken uh, one swing and dropped Keith Gillespie. Keith Gillespie sprawled out and the uh, England and Newcastle captain sent back um, early from the preseason tour. So, yeah, classic mix there of uh, beer and um, a big Englishman dropping someone. So that that's mine, mate. What is yours? Um, yeah, so I, I suppose it got me thinking about people who I've liked as footballers who um, potentially had a bit of a checkered past. So um, I'm not sure if you remember a <laughs> a fresh-faced Brazilian by the name of Edmundo. So he's mercurially talented, but he had his problems on and off the pitch. A couple of stepovers he, he enjoyed, just a couple. Ah, he didn't. He also enjoyed a drink and a party. So... I'll wind you back to 1999, um, and I know we're fairly popular with animal activists, so just take this as a one-off. But um, he faced prosecution by animal welfare groups after hiring an entire circus to perform in his backyard to celebrate his son's first birthday. Lovely celebration. Sounds like an excellent father. He was then accused by some individuals of having a chimpanzee called Pedrino drunk on beer and whiskey. Um, subsequent images appeared in the media uh, of the chimpanzee smoking as well. Um, but, um, luckily, those images were proved to be false, but um, I'm, I'm not sure how it happened. But, yeah, look, that was one of my favourite ones. 
three-year-old birthdays, huh? Jeez, they always get out of hand. Uh, especially when, as soon as those chimpanzees start drinking and smoking, you know you're in for a long afternoon. You're in trouble. You're in yeah. trouble at that point. <laughs> as, soon as, yeah, as soon as one of the um, animals out of the petting zoo breaks breaks uh, breaks through the barrier, uh, yeah, the, the party's on fire at that yeah. point. Agreed. On, the, on the heavy drink too, so it never ends well. Yeah, well, <laughs> should we touch on the, the boys on tour, um, Phil Foden and, and Greenwood? So um, two Manchester boys um, invited – models um some icelandish models um in and, and got the boot so i don't know what i don't know whether i think this is funny um <laughs> and put it in the boys will be boys category um or do i think it's a bit of a shame that they they've just had a great chance being called up into the england um set up with the the euros just around the corner and yeah they've made a bit of a bit of a mess of it what what do you think of this funny or a bit of a shame <laughs> um Oh, I think it's a bad look during COVID, isn't it? Like, because I suppose footballers get special treatment right now. Um, it's just not a good look. And for the lads moving forward, like, I know Gary Neville leapt to their defence, but it's it like you you might be a professional footballer, but you just have a little bit of common sense. Um, I understand they're there, but they just need to sort of put their heads down and and just play the football. Focus on the football first. They've got all these time to be celebrities. Um, yeah, it's just not a good look. It looks as bad as United's third kid. Yeah, the old zero, oh, it's just bad, isn't it? It's, oh, a, it's so shit. It's just so <laughs> – I just can't work out how they've gone from um, – like I know it's a third strip and I know it needs to be alternate in terms of colours, but I just can't see the connection of a zebra crossing and Manchester United. I just I, I just don't. A, I thought it was a Harry Maguire Greek holiday tribute with the bars. <laughs> I didn't understand it. Yeah, there's some couple of good memes getting around with that. I can't, I can't understand who would buy it. <laughs> I hope they don't intend yeah, to sell. I'd love to go to the stadium yeah, and just see some of the, everyone in their red shirts, and then just yeah, someone with too much money who can afford the the first kit, the um, away kit, and then the third kit. I'm um, just rocking that. But the, yeah, the common that, sense bad. question you got to ask yourself is: Would the would the blokes who are always behind the bench, you know, the lads I'm referring to, would they wear it? <laughs> they absolutely uh, would not. They they wouldn't, um, but they would definitely have the money to afford it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So speaking of a man with a lot of money, Ronaldo, he's he's got his hundredth international goal. Unbelievable <laughs> scenes, and what a way to bring it up! Did you see the the two goals, the, the yeah. free kick, and then the the first touch, and then oh, it's vintage Ronaldo, isn't it? Jeez, he's just so good. Like I know everyone says that, but it just every time he does something like that, again, you just you're just blown away by just the ability of the man. He just – like players can do that for a game and you're like, wow, he had a really great game. This guy's been doing it for like 15 years. I don't know. You just – Still doing You're it. just running out of words. Yeah, he's just so, so good. And he – will he catch um, Ali Dyer? So Ali Dyer is on, um, from Iran and he's on 119 international goals. Ronnie is catching that, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. as long as he he's obviously stays fit because the Portugal midfield, um, I think they're on the verge of something wonderful. Like the Bruno Fernandes, Ya Felix, Ya Moutinho, he's getting a bit on, but like they've still got um, Ruben Neves as well. Like there's depth. If he can hang around and if Pepe can hang around at the back, um, I think they could be on the verge of something special. Yeah, you'd score 10 goals up front playing for Portugal. So Ronnie is easily going to get those 19 and um, deservedly so become the um, highest international goal scorer of all time. So, yeah, unbelievable. But we might get into the flavour of the pod. So we are going to open up with some predictions uh, for the season. 
Um, then we're into the round one preview. I am absolutely buzzing for round one. Bit of transfer chat. Um, and then we've got some, some uh, a punter has come in and um, he's he said, he told me personally, he's like, you need to get my multis in there at the end of the, each episode. Um, the listeners will love it and they, um, they'll be absolutely dying um, for, for this cash and these multis. So stay tuned for that at the end. But, um, yeah, do you want to start off with uh, tips? So we might do um, winner first. So do you want to unveil who you think is your winner? And we're going to revisit these at halfway through the season, I think, and then at year end to see how far wrong or right we are. So who is your winner? Well, I wish we had a drum roll, but I'm going to go with the little team that could, uh, Manchester City. Uh, yeah. Just so much investment. Um, they were like they were already so close like to Liverpool. They had a bit of a starter. They needed to correct some areas, which I think they have, and I think they'll win, not in the canter, but I think they'll win fairly comfortably. What about you? Yeah. I also have Man City. Um, no real surprise there. I don't think they'll win it at a canter. I think there's some teams in there um, that are, that will give it a shake. Um, just the usual suspects, really. United, Liverpool, and Chelsea will give it a shake. But I think Man City will come out on top. So we might move on to the Golden Boots. Um, I'll go first this time. I am tipping Abamyang, and the reason for that is I just think that he doesn't have a lot of um, competition for his spot. So he's, he's going to be relied upon and play in every game. Um, and I think Arsenal have done some positive things in the market to shore up their their defence and um, and their midfield to um, have a little bit more creativity and service to him. So takes the penos um, and has been taking free kicks and he's just deadly finisher. So I'm going to choose a Bamiang for the golden boot. Who have you got? I've got Super Harry Kane. I think Jose and Harry are going to get along like a house on fire. And, he, uh, loves, he loves Harry, doesn't he? He loves Harry. I think he sees a little bit of Didier Drogba in him. Um, and we all know the impact that Didier Drogba had under Jose Mourinho. So I think Harry's going to get the golden boot. Um, I think he'll just pip Marcus Rashford, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I just think the, I think Jose's team's going to be fairly one-dimensional and it's going to be heavily reliant on Harry. Obviously, takes the penos as well. Good goal-scoring record. Um, and there's no one to take his place. Yep, that's true. Similar reasons why I went for Bamiyang, really. Um, so what about player of the season? Who have you got for player of the season? I've gone with Raheem to redeem himself. So I think Raheem Sterling's going to do it. I think if City win the league, I think he gets his 20 goals just behind Harry. Um, and I, th- I just think he's he just seems to be getting better and better, Raheem Sterling. And I, f- I think people forget how young he is too. So mm. I think I think we're going to see some, um, some Sterling years from Raheem. So who do you think? I am going for Big Kev, KDB, De Bruyne. Um, I think if he stays fit, um, he is by far the most creative guy in the Prem, just with his passes. Um, Plays for a big team, catch plenty of votes um, and big profile. And because I've tipped NCD to win the league, I think that dovetails nicely into Kevy um, winning player of the season. The next one's a bit odd, isn't it? Um, we go. We've gone for a surprise moment, so something a bit, um, <laughs> a bit of a like doesn't have to be football related. Um, just a surprise moment. So I have gone um, with a Marco Bielsa presser that gets drastically out of hand with um, him either throwing something <laughs> or bringing in a PowerPoint um, presentation 
to the presser and the presentation will go for oh, not too long, like just over three hours maybe. <laughs> maybe um, <laughs> who, what, who or what have you got for your surprise moment? Yeah, so a Marco Bielsa uh, press conference that goes for three hours doesn't surprise me. So I thought, I think, you're, I think you've got to dig deeper there because I know that's going to happen. <laughs> he's going to teach. He's going to teach the world of football something extraordinary. But I have his underling Maurizio Pochettino to return. Um, I think it'll be either Chelsea or United. Someone's going to get the sack, and then I think Jose is going to beat him. Just give him the biggins. Yeah, right. Um, and so, what about a surprise packet? Well, sticking got? sticking you with think? your theme of Bielsa. I think Leeds are going to be the surprise packet. I think Bielsa's a genius, and I think he signed very shrewdly in the summer, and I think they're going to surprise people and finish higher up the table than a lot of people would think. What do you think? Yeah, well, I am going for um, Everton to be my surprise packet. So, like, obviously last season they were um, rather underwhelming um, and – yeah, got knocked out early in the FA Cup in the third round um, and, yeah, didn't really do much in the league. But I'm tipping uh, the eyebrow to steer them to um, a decent finish and sort of get back to that second tier of teams that they once were in. I think if you rewind a couple of years back, they were they were just behind the, the big four or big five um, and were there consistently when um, Moisey was there doing really well. So I'm tipping the eyebrow to move them back to that spot. The player whisper has signed fairly well in the last couple of days. He has done well. He's very done competitive. Well. And so um, is uh, Jimmy, because that is now his name as opposed to Hamez, um, does he follow the eyebrow around um, as much as Ari Redknapp um, has his players following him around? No, you're thinking of Nico Crancher. No, because I think Nico Crancher is still following Harry around. They're just waiting for the right deal. Um, but it, what's so James has gone? James has followed him from Real to Bayern, to Bayern. and now he's over to Everton. Mm, yep. Yeah. Right. Huh? Well, it, like if anyone can get the best out of a player, it's Carlo. He's actually he's got a good book out um, around his styles of management. It's it's interesting because yeah. it's just so different. Like it's all about the player centric sort of philosophy as opposed to the technical people like Guardiola and Bielsa. It's a really interesting read. That's why I think good players tend to gravitate to him because he makes them feel a bit special. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hamas has a ripper of a year this year. Mm, okay, yep. Sign up to your book club. No worries. little plug there for your book club. <laughs> um, so we might, we might go down to the other end of the table. So um, who is going to get relegated, do you think? Yeah, so I, I struggled with this one a bit. Uh, not in the sense that Fulham will get relegated. They absolutely will. But um, I thought – I think West Ham are in trouble. Um, but I couldn't squeeze them in because I think Aston Villa are going to go down. I think they rode their luck last year. They might be better for the experience, but I don't think it'll be enough to keep them up. And I think Burnley are going to go down as well. So I've got Fulham, Burnley, Villa. Who have you got? Interesting. Um, I've got Villa just because they're terrible. Um, in every way, shape, and form. So I think they will go down and they will sink like a stone. They'll finish last. Is my tip. I think West Brom. I just don't think they they've done enough um, to to change my mind as to why they would keep a spot inside the prem. And um, I've got a local coffee merchant who won't be real happy about this, but I think um, Fulham might go down as well. But I think Fulham will go down swinging, but still go down. So mine is uh, Villa, 
West Brom and Fulham to go down. So is that metaphorical or is Mitro actually swinging at someone? <laughs> I just I just want to make it 100% clear because I thought that might be a surprise as well. Yeah, that's um, metaphorical for sure. For sure. Right, we'll see. I reckon he'll headbutt someone before the end of the year. Beautiful. All right. Well, should we crack in to the round one fixtures? Yeah, I think we should. So we got Fulham and Arsenal first up. What a what a game to start the season. Who do you like? London Derby, huh? To start. Um, yeah, so we're off to we're off to Craven Cottage for this, aren't we? Yeah. So I think that if you're a football purist, this is probably match of the week. I would definitely tune into this if you want to see some um, good football played. I think um, Fulham will stay consistent to their style, which um, got them up. Um, and Arsenal will be Arsenal, of course. Um, but I think Arsenal are going to be too strong for them. I think this is going to be um, – there's going to be goals in this, and I think Arsenal are going to be too strong. Bamiang to open his account. I'm going to go with 3-1 to Arsenal. What do you think? Do you think Arsenal is going to take, take the points and um, will Fulham get a bit of a shock in their first game back in the Prem? Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced Arsenal have um, got over all their woes defensively, so I still think they can be got out a little bit, and I think Mitro's just the man to do it. Um, so if, I think I think we're going to see a draw here. I think a score draw is probably what I'm leaning to. I'll be interested to see how they can handle the big fella up top, plus with Knockart and Tom Candy in behind supporting him. I think Fulham will be decent. Um, I think I think you're right. I think it will be a fairly entertaining game. It'll be interesting to see what Arteta's done now that he's had, a, like, had an off season to work with the squad. So he's had two weeks um, to work with the squad. But yeah, I think yeah. I think a score draw is going to be that one here. And I think um, it'd be nice to see Scotty Parker back in the Premier League. Match of the round for me. This one, match of the round. Really? Um, yeah, I think so. So we stay in uh, London. So next up is um, Palace and Southampton. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, well, the Saints are the Saints are my tip. They'd be a bit of a surprise as well. So I think, um, I think that they'll, I think they'll sort of win one, maybe two nil. Probably a Malayevic penalty or free kick in there as well. But I'm interested to see the combination of um, Easy and Zaha. I think that that could be potentially one of the more eye catching moments of the the season. Those two together. What do you think? Yeah, I'm keen to see how um, Zaha performs this year. I think he's getting to the stage where he's moving out of being a prospect and he needs to start start delivering. So he's always um, eye-catching, but I think he needs to make that next step in terms of being um, sort of a little bit more mercurial. mercurial and you, um, Palace need to be able to rely on, him, rely on him a lot more. So, yeah, get his um, assist up and his goals need to, need to increase as well. So... Yeah, I think um, Roy will put on a managerial masterclass here and they'll get away with a 1-0 win. And I think this might be a bit of a dour affair, a bit of a nervous affair between Southampton and Palace early on. Really? I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Roy's boys getting it done. It'll be interesting. I'm not sure I've got the same faith in... Uh in Roy this early in the season. He's one of those young up-and-coming managers versus the, the wily old Huss and Hootle. But, look, we'll see what happens. Um, Liverpool versus Leeds. So the champions versus the champions. Surely this yeah, is the match of the round. Different. Oh, do you think? Different ends of the table. This one's rather straightforward for me. Liverpool will batter them, simple as. 
Um, this is um, the betting agencies have this one the furthest apart and easiest to pick. So Liverpool at um, just over a dollar twenty, and um, you got Leeds a juicy ten bucks for Leeds. So there you go. I think, yeah, Liverpool will be um, too strong for Leeds. The only thing that makes me a little bit nervous about this is just um, Liverpool's squad and, and how much football they've had to play and how much time they've, they've had to to be together. Um, of course, with the international break being in there and having a, a long season, um, they went relatively deep within the Champions League. So just the fitness of Liverpool's squad um, might be the only thing that, that undoes them. I know a lot of their players sort of stepped out of um, the international um, international games. So, yeah, hopefully um, they're fresh enough and, yeah, I think they'll get their st- season off to a good start and um, set the pace early. So I'm tipping uh, multiple goals for Liverpool here um, and they'll we'll get the job done. What what do you think? Do you think Marco's going to? I've got pull two words for those, those smart ass betting agencies, Marco Bielsa. I think I think this could be a surprise here. I'm, I think this will be a draw. Um, I think the Leeds are going to surprise Liverpool. I think Liverpool's going to come in. They did look like I feel like they looked very tired towards the end of last season, and they sort of yeah, trailed off. Um, I think I think they'll keep that for a little while. I think it'll take them a little while to recover, um, just to get that balance back. And I think I, I just like what Leeds have done in the transfer market straight away. They seem to be very, um, very selective about who they've signed. Obviously, they've got a strategy. Calvin Phillips is uh, buzzing this week after making his England debut. Quality in Pablo Hernandez. Um, Rodrigo's come in as well. Cock. Like, I, I just think they could surprise a few teams. Um, and I think it's going to start this week. And I think Liverpool started last season against Norwich in. Um, interesting fashion to say the least. I think it was a Godfrey own goal, which was the first goal of the season actually last year. Mm. So I think they were caught on the hop a little bit and I think they might be caught on the hop again on uh, Sunday morning our time, I believe. All right. Um, So we move on to two perennial underachievers, um, West Ham and Newcastle. Uh, Uh, Again, I think this will be be a good game and I I think that... um, Probably it's one of the picks of the game. I don't think I'm going to put it over um, Fulham and Arsenal. But, yeah, this should be a good fixture too. Um, Newcastle and Brucey's boys um, getting a couple of um, late signings in there. Um, And so, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing um, Callum Wilson. I think he'll start. Um, 22.5 million euros for him. So I think when you spend that top bread, you've got to put him up front. Even though um, your boy Joel Linton um, is in red hot form with uh, four goals last season, I think you still start Callum Wilson. Um, yes, yeah, so I, th- I think they'll they'll get it done here. I think um, they'll they'll have to travel down to to London, but I still see Newcastle and Brucey boys getting this one done. But a good a good fixture. This one I'm to look forward to. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to be the start of a very boring and underwhelming campaign for Brucey's boys. Really? Uh, yeah, I just I think his team is just so boring. I don't care how he signs. Like they are, it's they not are his team. Painful. It's his style. Oh well, he, like he has just such a negative impact. Um, like they're just so boring, Newcastle. And the worst thing is, I don't think we're going to see any long staffs. Um, mm. I, I think last season's top scorer John Joe Shelby will start next to Jeff Henrik, which. I just don't think um, 
like John just got some potential. I don't really make much of Jeff Henrik. Um, Almiron, he's all right, and St. Maximan's an excitement machine, but sometimes I wonder if he just sort of puts his head down a bit too much and runs into nowhere. Um, and seeing how he actually comes together as a team will be interesting. Yeah, I think that's how Brucey wants him to play. I think you, they sort of try and isolate him out, out wide and um, and just get him to to run at players. But he does look a bit, he does look like a dumb football every now and then, doesn't he? When he just picks it up and puts his head down and goes. So um, yeah, hopefully um, they can get him isolated and he can cause some damage. But um, Matt Ritchie, um, are they going to keep hold of Matt Ritchie, the the left back? There's rumours of um, him going the other way to Callum Wilson um, and heading down to um, Bournemouth. What do you think about that? Back to keep Bournemouth. I, th- I think he'll stay. I don't think he'll step down. But it'll be interesting to see how they balance between him and um, Ryan Fraser as well out on the left. Um, I, I just They need to balance all that. But you need a big squad in the Premier League. And Newcastle's squad last year was very, very lean. Um, so I don't think they'll be letting anyone go in the next couple of days. I think uh, Mike Ashley's starting to splash the cash, so might as well let the good times roll. But yeah, yeah he's got he's got that uh, TV money coming in, doesn't he? So yeah, I, I, I I'm not sure about West Ham. They haven't done anything to really impress me um, in the summer. I think there's there's been a couple of plans and a couple of transfers have fallen through, but um, they need to. Like, they were dreadful at times last year. They were such a disappointment. I hope they can get some sort of ascendancy and Moise can sort of at least make them a back to similar to what he had at Everton where they were a competitive Premier League team and they find some sort of identity because, like, right now they just seem to be wandering aimlessly through the Premier League, somehow staying up. Um, but I hope they can make – I think they'll make a good start on Sunday and I think they'll beat Newcastle, but I think it will be very drab. Really? You think they'll beat Newcastle? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think it'll be all right. This one. There you go. All right. So now we go into now we go into what uh, what could be a very exciting fixture. So we've got the Foxes versus West Brom. Um, who do you like? Goals here. Goals in this game. Goals. Um, yeah, goals. And so interesting that uh, West Brom have lost their last four Premier League home games against Leicester. There you go. The longest ever losing streak at home is to the Foxes. I don't think. I think that's well. How long ago was that? Because they were in the championship last year, so it's it's obviously a very helpful stat for your Leicester narrative. But um, yeah, look, I think I think the Foxes will have them covered. I think West Brom they so. need to find yeah. their feet. Um, but I suppose the biggest loss for West Brom would be has Gareth Barry retired finally? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. He's hung him yeah. up. Yeah, yeah sad um, to see. I think uh, just the the pace and the intensity of um, Leicester. Um, and the Prem is just going to be too much for West Brom. I think they're going to get overrun and probably later in later in the game. So um, in terms of pace of the Prem, I think it might take them a while and Leicester is one of the um, fastest and some of the interplay around the top of the box is some of the best inside the, the Prem. So I think they're just going to be too electric for West Brom and they'll get it done, but they will get it done late is what I am tipping. And, of course, England's Rose um, is well Charlie rested. Austin. No. Oh, not Charlie Oh, He is well rested um, because he didn't go away on international duty. Um, so, yeah, I am tipping Leicester to get it done late. There you go. Yeah, no, oh. I, I think Leicester will comfortably win this one. Um, I think West Brom need to find their feet for a little while. But Charlie Austin will cause some problems. 
Yeah, we, they've got Sionchu back there to sort that out. I think he's a bloody beast, isn't he? He's just so fast. Got named in the Premier League team of the season last year, him and Jamie Vardy. So, um, yeah, I think Leicester will be just fine against West Brom. So we go to the stars of um, Amazon, Tottenham versus the Eyebrow and his team, Everton. What do you think about this one? This is a good game, isn't it, first week? This is why you love the Premier League. I think anything could happen in this game. Really? Yeah, I just, like Carlo's new midfield. I think he'll roll out all of them, to be honest. I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, so you've got Decore, Rodriguez, and, and Big Allen. Um, I think they'll all start, and they'll have like a nice – I know Carlo favours the 4-4-2 generally, so it'll be interesting to see how he sort of puts everyone in the spots because he's got Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin as well. Um, and if they do the old one-two punch up top, I think, I think teams struggle with that two strikers because it's just so uncommon nowadays. Um, so I think I think this could be anything. I think, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Jose does now that he's a celebrity. Um, I know he's been he's been fairly humble in the past, um, and just it's going to be a little bit different for him now because he's not just the special one. He's he's a full blown celebrity now. He's on Amazon. Um, so what do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to be a real tactical battle. So um, if you're a bit of a um, seed and really into your um, tactical stuff. Yeah, this is definitely the game. Um, I think we're looking at a Jose masterclass here, but I think what he's going to do, um, you mentioned the the one-two punch with the, with the two strikers, but I think Jose he would want to play a, a three to start with, but I think what he might do is because they might play two up front, I think he might name a, a, a lineup that he can easily flex into a three or go to a four, so depending on what Everton to so, Everton do so. I think there's going to be a bit of cat and mouse here between um, him and and Ancelotti. So I think that'll be fascinating. Spurs unbeaten in their last 15 matches against Everton in the Prem. So um, yeah, I think it's just this one's a little bit harder to judge. I think in terms of how the squads are going to settle. Um, I know that uh, Spurs sent their team away for a bit of a, a bit of a break. So Jose's only had two weeks with the with the squad, just like a lot of others. And Everton squad. Um, yeah, it's had quite significant changes, but it's not as if they're bringing in squad players. Like, as you say, Ancelotti brought in um, some players who he plans to play every game and essentially build the team around um, with uh, Jimmy. So I think you're going to see significant changes from Everton. So it, this one's a little bit harder to, to pick, I think, because you're just not going to see how the teams settle and, and how they line up. Um, so the tactical um, battle is going to be interesting as well. So mm, this one's going to be tough. I think I'm just going to call a draw because I'm a coward and can't decide. You are a coward. I think Spurs will win. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I think that's probably the pick of the bunch for me. I just, I just really, really excited. Yeah. I just really excited to see what happens with Carlo and the team. He's just like I was very critical of Everton in the summer. Um, saying square pegs and round holes, and I think he's rectified a lot of those challenges that they're going to have. So that's going to be a really good game. So yeah. move on to um, Wolves beating Sheffield United. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think um, Wolves, aka Portugal, are just going to be too flavoursome and and just get it done against um, Sheffield United. I think um, Sheffield got an interesting season ahead of them. Do, do they stick to what they what they know and um, and what they've been doing, um, or do they look at sort of evolving and as a as a team and as a style of football and coming forward a little bit more? Um, I think that's the predicament that they're in now that they've got sort of confirmed um, mid table status and are somewhat comfortable in, in the prem. So I think that'll be interesting 
to see what they do um, coming into the season. But, yeah, as I said, I think Wolves are just going to have too much for them coming forward and, and too much flavour um, and will get the job done relatively easy, I believe. Um, but interestingly, Wolves at $2.40, Chef U at three twenty. So rather tight, the agencies have them. What do you think, mate? Do you think Portugal will get it done? Yeah, I think they will. I think I think they're going to be better again. They've just got so many options now too. Like um, another shrewd summer for for big Nuno. But I thought I just can't wait to see what they come up with. Like I hope they start Jota and Traore. Jimenez up top. We're going to see the Portugal B team come off the bench. Um, Neves, Moutinho. Like they just they just sound so strong. Like the team mm. sounds so strong and so balanced. Um, I think they'll. I think they'll comfortably see their way past Sheffield United. For Wolves, I think this is a good start because these are the games they have to win. Like you see them against the big clubs and they're always impressive and they always put up a fight and, you know, they win some games that they shouldn't. So now I think this year they need to start winning those games that they absolutely should, like the Sheffield United Sheffield United's of the world. Um, yeah, they're, they like the stage, don't they, Wolves? Like they, they tend, to, tend to play to the occasion. Yeah. They love the stage. Um, so they need to start winning these tough ones away at Sheffield. So... Um, I think this will be the start of a good season for Wolves, and I'm really excited about what they can bring this year and how they're going to, um, how they will strengthen the Portuguese national team moving forward, and how they can balance that out on a week to week basis. Agreed. Um, all right, so we go to the the money man, Chelsea uh, versus Brighton. So um, that is in Brighton. So Chelsea will travel down to to that. Um, what are your thoughts on this and what will Chelsea do in terms of lineups is probably the most interesting thing, don't you think? Um, well, I suppose the the uh, the problem that I have right now is because they're playing Brighton, so Brighton play in blue and white, don't they? Does that mean we're going to see Crystal Palace's home kit rolled out for Chelsea? Um, because they've unveiled their third kit this week and it's it looks like shit. It just looks what? like Crystal Palace's <laughs> home kit. I, um, I challenge anyone to show me a third kit that looks good. Like, show me a third kit that I'll say, yeah, that's a hot kit. They're, they're, all the third kits this year are terrible, don't you think? Yeah, I just know. I just know United's and Chelsea. Chelsea had to save some money somewhere, and they did by stealing Crystal Palace's old kit and wearing it as a third kit. Mm. I don't know what Frank's going to do this week. He's got <laughs> He's signed a number of attackers, and not everyone can start. Um, so I think Kai Havertz has to start just based on how much money they spent. Werner has to start. Um, so I think he'll start up top with Havertz in behind. Hakim Zayic, I think, will start out on the left or the right with Pulisic on the other side. And then I'm, very, in, I'm very interested to see what he does in the midfield um, because obviously he liked Jorginho and now he doesn't like Jorginho. Mason Mount's got to play somewhere. Um, not so much midfield, but Callum Hudson-Odoi is in the mix as well. Um, Kovacevic probably deserves a spot. There's going to be no spot for Ross Barkley. Um, Big Billy Gilmore, like he's come on in leaps and bounds, but I think now in Chelsea's new world he gets forgotten about. I just don't know where, like how they're going to fit everyone in. What do yeah. you think? Well, that, that's that's the biggest question, I think. I think um, what you're going to see is um, Havertz up front. I, I agree with that. I think uh, Werner and um, Hakim both start. I think um, Pulisic might miss out. Um, I think Jorginho starts because uh, Chelsea would 
be thinking they're going to have a lot of the ball. So I think he starts, and, and then it's then you've got to start Kante as well, I think. Um, yeah, so it is it is difficult to see to how you fit all these guys in. But um, Callum Hobson and Doy definitely misses out. Billy um, misses out as well, I think, and maybe even Mount. So. so you think Kante and Jorginho will start in the centre of the park? Yeah, I think they'll start in the centre, yeah. And what about Thiago Silva? Does he get a start? Yep, Thiago Silva starts. Jeez, it'll get you don't think he'll start? Oh, he's old. I suppose you may as well start him now. He won't be around forever. Um, yeah, no, he starts and he probably starts with um, Rudiger or, or Zuma, do you think? I, I think I'd probably go with Rudiger. I think Rudiger will start. Yeah, I don't think he trusts Zuma. I don't think anyone trusts uh, Zuma. Marcus Alonso at left back or Chile? <laughs> I think Marcus Alonso is on the next flight out of there. Um, yeah, I think Chilwell starts, starts, yeah. Today. And then Azpilicueta on the right. But I suppose like, there's still so much talent sitting on the bench. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Frank manages all these all these egos now that he's got some cash. Yeah. Danny Drinkwater, he's not a shout. Ross Barkley, not a shout. Ross Loftus-Cheek, not a shout. No, and then I think Chelsea might have to start sending players in online. Um, join the other six hundred of them that'll get lost. But look, yeah, it'll be it'll be. Um, I think Chelsea will win that fairly comfortably at Brighton. Um, I don't think Brighton are going to put up too much of a fight. They've tried to sort of stabilise the squad. Joel Veltman's was impressive during the week, actually. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But yeah, I just I don't see much hope for Brighton here. Um, yeah, I, I think there's goals in this though. Like both teams are very leaky um, in terms of defence. So I think yeah, if you if you um, want to see some goals, watch this game. I think any chance of a smash and grab from Brighton? I don't think so. I think Chelsea just got too much power for them. I think if anything goes wrong early, um, they've still got the skills to and the squad and the depth in the bench to change a game and, and um, yeah, change the course of the game. So Unbelievable depth. I don't there, think so. Chelsea. Yeah, they, they look good. Um, and as you go through that squad, it just gets deeper. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, no no troubles for Chelsea, I don't think. No, so the big boys have got the week off, so United and City um, aren't playing uh, because we went mm. so deep in Europe. So give Phil and, <laughs> give, Phil and uh, give Phil and Mason a chance to put their feet up. Just, yeah, some stay quite, at home. Some quarantine just, time. Just yeah. Stay at home. Um, well, Phil, Phil's got some patching up to do at home, I think, so it's best <laughs> that he stays home. Um, but we might move on to uh, transfer chat. It's a big week, isn't it? It's been a very Is big it? week for Gareth Bale. Is it? I oh, hope Bale, so, yeah. for God's sake. So apparently Real Madrid have agreed that they will pay 50% of his salary this year if he goes somewhere else. So they'll pay him two hundred grand a week to go somewhere else. Is that yeah, what you they think? call it, they call it a, they call it a Sanchez now, um, similar to the Bosman, <laughs> but uh, now it's it's a Sanchez. So you pay you pay a large portion of his salary and then you give him away for free. So where's he going? So even <sighs> half salary, he's still the clubs that uh, afford him is still very very limited, isn't it? Is there any chance he um, he sneaks into Manchester United before the window closes? I think there's a chance, yeah, um, and that that'd obviously be a loan deal, you, you would think. Um, but I, yeah, I think the if it's half salary, I think Spurs are a shout, um, and I think Manchester United are a shout. <laughs> Daniel uh, Levy will not cough up half his salary. My you don't think? God, no, you, the man could draw blood from a stone. Half salary, I think that's yeah, and Jose wants him, so yeah, what. What, so you just think that's it? He he stays at at, man, at um 
Real, you don't think? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I, I really I, I don't hope think he does. Oh, I want him to. Though. Yeah, 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 I really want him to get out of there so he can see the best of Gareth Bale in the Premier League for the whatever time he's got left. Come um, play some football, Gareth. What yeah. are you doing? Rotten away playing golf, mate. And the rest of your life. England's England's closer to Scotland, which is closer to St Andrews, so he can play on the best golf course in the world. Um, and he can put some bums on seats in the Premier League once we. You know, get out of this COVID situation. Mm-hmm. It's and uh, it's. Uh, I know it's not an easy sell to Gareth, but um, please, Gareth, I know you're listening. Um, please come to the Premier League. I don't even care who you play for. Just come to the Premier League. Or oh, just play football again, Gareth. That's what everyone wants to see. Um, all right. So big news, huge news with the Sancho deal. Um, <laughs> they've, uh, they've agreed personal terms. Now we just have to agree the fee. So well, I thought they be- already had agreed the personal terms. Yeah, I've been back a couple of weeks ago. Sky Sports reported the exact same thing they reported yesterday and said personal terms have been agreed. Um, mm. Just a tiny matter of 120 million euro fee. Are you, what's going to happen to that? Is that that's going to peter out, isn't it? That deal. Uh, I, just like what's the if you're paying 120 mil uh, or even 108 mil or whatever, what's the difference at that point? Yeah, just cough up the cash head. Sell your Ray Bans. I'm sick of seeing them. Oh, I agree. I think if if you can, if Manchester United are at the reported yeah 108 or the 110 mark, I just don't see how in three years' time, when you've signed Sancho and you know he's comfortable living back in England and he's doing well, he's playing in, um, for the national team and he's starting in your first team all the time um, at Manchester United, um, and he's an English lad. Like, are you really going to be annoyed at, oh, we paid 10 mil extra? Like, you're just not going to be annoyed in a few years' time that 10 mil won't won't be a factor, I don't think. So I don't see how the deal gets make, made or broken over the sake of 10 mil. Just pony out the extra 10 and move on, I think. Come on, Ed, for God's sake. Um, on, so, look, moving on, I just, again, I can't see anything happening there. I just, it just seems too complicated for them. So Fulham have picked themselves up a World Cup cup-winning goalkeeper in Alphonse Areola. So that's a good signing for them, I think. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I don't know. I suppose my first question is, do you think he's going to start um, any or all games? What, what do you think? I think he'll come straight in. I think he's got he's got the runs on the board. Um, he's got the – won the World Cup with France. He's come across from PSG. I think he comes straight into the team. He's pretty good. He's a massive unit. Like, he's huge. Um, I think he'll start straight away. Yeah, so um, what's his Marcus Bettinelli is is their number one at the moment. So you yeah, just he jump over him. No good. No, sucks. Absolutely sucks. Okay. Um, so it, <laughs> there's a reason be, they signed Ariola. Yeah, well, he'll be their fourth keeper. So they're probably once they bring him in, they're probably going to have to move um, some someone from uh, their squad on. I think he's not going to have four uh, keepers. United United can hold three world class keepers. So yeah, they got might a, be a trend. Do. Yeah. Call them do. Mm. So the big one for me this week was uh, Jamal Lewis off to Newcastle. So he's not he was supposed to go to Liverpool and just fell through and now he's in Brucey's army. Yeah, a better move for him, don't you think? Like he's more likely to um play if he than rather than uh, go to Liverpool. I just can't see um why he thought Liverpool would be a, a better move. Um but he he did all right at um at Norwich last season, don't, don't you think? Yeah, I think I'm worried about him as a wing back. I think he's a bit of a luxury wing back. Like he's one of those ones that looks very good going forward, yeah. um, and underwhelms a little bit defensively. But I suppose he is young, and the the, the caveat there is that twenty two. Yeah, Nor- yeah. Norwich couldn't defend anyway, 
So potentially he needs some more experienced players around him to give him a bit of a dig out. Um, so maybe it's a little bit too harsh on him. So it could be a really good signing. Like it could be a really good long-term signing if um, it works out for him. And I hope it does. Apart from, yeah, apart from Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think like they the wingbacks, they tend to come on a little bit later in, in their career and, and find their peak, like not necessarily 28, but sort of at the 25 mark. Um, so he's only 22, so he's still still got a few years to, to find his feet. Um, but yeah, I think their asking price was around twenty, and they're talking they're stuck at it around the fifteen million um, pound mark at the moment. So, I think some way to go on that deal, but um, to close the gap and, and get it over the line, I think. So the next one's a bit of a surprise. So um, Wolves have signed a Portuguese midfielder, um, Vito Ferreira. Yeah, come on loan from Porto. So I I just couldn't get my head around this one. I mean, Wolves signing a Portuguese player. What are the odds? Yeah, what are the odds? Um, and what are they going to do with with this midfield? Like they're they're absolutely stacked. They've got a huge squad now, don't they? Considering uh, that there's, think, no, there's no European football for them. Yeah, um, but I think that's then, where they're building to. Yeah, like there's one eye on that. So building the squad now to to do it next year. Yeah, and like Vito Ferreira is only 18, um, and so is um, Fabio Silva. So, like they're not going to come straight into the side. He's likely to play cup games and stuff like that, I think, don't you think? Yeah, and I think if you're Vito Ferreira, um, you're playing behind Ruben Neves and Yamotinho, who are also both Portuguese, but Yamotinho is towards the end of his career. He's an excellent player, and he would be a really good player to model yourself off and learn from, I think. So he'll go. He'll slot in as, as Moutinho gets tired, um, get some runs on the board. I think it's another really sensible long-term signing from Wolves. Yeah. Um, they just, I don't know, they just seem to just find all these players um, who are all like rather similar, like Silver's similar to, to Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but they're still a play too. Like yeah. Neto's not, not too um, dissimilar. Like you've all, you know those like, eights that blend into tens type players. They seem to have just so many of those, I think. Mm, no, and like the, I think the wings, like Jota, Traore, Potent, like I think they're well covered in those respects. I think, again, they just, they seem to be on such a sensible trajectory. It's unheard of, isn't it? Yeah. Slowly building up. So the other the other big story this week is um, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang has been released by Cardiff. Um, so he was one of Cardiff's star performers in the championship last year. And the interesting thing about this is no one knows why he's been released. And, like, you don't just release your star player. What are you thinking? Foul play. Uh, I don't I, – I think there's something going on here. I think there's something serious really? in his personal life. Yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be something, like, bad or good, but you don't just release your star man. So I think just keep an eye on that one. Um. Yeah. So the next one on my list is Scotland international Ollie Burke has gone to Sheffield United from West Bromwich Albion. Yep, he can play in a few positions, can't he? He can play, um, can play up top. He can play like sort of either side as well um, as as a in a front three. So yeah, only young, twenty two years old, um, and yeah, probably probably more in the potential bucket than uh, than starting every week, don't you think? Um, potentially. So if we go back a few years, Ollie Burke was the next big thing. Um, so he moved from, uh, I can't remember where he was. He, he was, he went to RB Leipzig for a couple of years and, you know, in that 
Jaden Sancho go to the Bundesliga mould. Um, and Ollie Burke was kind of a leader in that space. He's going, I'll go across the Bundesliga, get some minutes, come back and be a better footballer. But it didn't quite work out for him at uh, Leipzig. Um, they praised, like they were really good because he's, he's about 6'2 or 6'3, so he's a big unit. Um, but they questioned whether or not tactically he was good enough. So then he's come back out to West Brom. He's done okay um, without sort of setting the world alight. But um, he's also gone back on loan then to Alaves. Um, yeah. And now he's over at Sheffield United. So, look, he a couple of years ago you would have said he could have been anything. Um, and I really hope that this works out for him at Sheffield United and we start to see the best of Ollie Burke again. Yeah. So he's been at West Brom for a while but just keeps getting loaned out everywhere. Yeah, he went out to Celtic um, for a bit, so probably got himself a championship. Um, and then he spent he's played about 30 games online at Alves as well. Yeah. So, like, he's got that experience on the continent, um, and now he's coming back, and I think he wants to turn himself into a more established Premier League process. Like, really, he could – honestly, he could be anything. Um, he plays out wide. He's got all the physical attributes. It's just going to be see how he develops – Tactically, yeah. it'll be. Well, you can play anywhere in that in the front three. You can yeah. Play up there. yeah so. It'd be interesting signing. Could be could be great, um, but we shall see. So then, Ollie Watkins has moved from Brentford to Villa. What did you make he's, of this one? Well, he, he's a similar player, isn't he? He he plays up front, can play on um, on either side really, but um, likes to likes to play through the middle. Young, twenty three, um, and yeah, from Brent um, Brentford to to Villa is a, a jump. Um, so I'm interested to see how he goes. Um, and Villa just they need some goals. So yeah, I, I support this move, and um, yeah, hopefully he finds his feet. What do you think? So I'm I'm interested in this one because obviously Ollie Wat Ollie Watkins has um he's had a really good season at Brentford last year. So he's banged away the goals. I think he was a leading scorer in the championship for memory. Um, I think he scored in the championship playoff final too, but they lost. So he's a really good player. Good striker. My concern for Ollie Watkins is, is this the right move? Because he's going to a team that's going to struggle. I think Villa will struggle to like get on top of teams. But then I was like, well, he's got Jack Grealish in there, and Jack Grealish will create chances. So it, like, it really could go either way, this one. And I've said that about all the transfers. But if him and Jack Grealish can put something together, Villa will stay up because those are gonna, that's going to produce the goals that they need. But I'm also worried that um, it might not work out for him in the sense he might not get the number of chances he needs to put the goals away, so he could just end up back in the championship. Yeah, well, this is a loan deal, so I think it's likely that he's going to head back at some point anyway. So no, no, this is this is this is the real deal. Twenty-eight mil, I believe, exchange hands. So really, yep. So this is it for him. So I'm I'm worried he's signed for a club that's going to put him straight back in the championship. Yeah, it's a okay. five-year deal too. Loan deal because he's contracted until um, 2023 at Brentford. So, yeah, there you no, go. That, that they've really paid the five-year deal yeah. and the big bucks. Interesting stuff. There mm. you go. So, next one's a big one. Your boy Kepper. Bad news. So, it looks like Mendy's coming to Chelsea from France um, and he could be arriving anytime. What's going to happen to Kepper? Well, I don't think he's going to get moved on, um, but he's definitely going to get dropped to the to the bench. Um, and I think we called for this uh, just after the FA Cup episode, I think. Um, we mentioned just how, how bad he was. He, he fell out of favour with uh, Frank um, and was dropped um, for a couple of big games towards the end of the season. So, 
yeah, I think Chelsea are going to look back on that transfer, um, eighty million, and and realize that they paid way too much. But I, like, I don't think his career is done. I just think that yeah, he he needs some some time to develop. He's still only young. Um, I think his body needs to fill out a little bit too. I think he's a little bit lean for a, a keeper. Um, I like to see him put some um, put some size on, and yeah, by no means is he going to um, bounce out of the Premier League and, and fall down the ranks at. Chelsea, um, but he's definitely going to move to a, n- a number two spot. I think he'll still play some cup games because Chelsea have so many games that they've got to get through, League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League and Prem. So there's plenty of games there for him to, to play um, and get rotated, rotated into. So I don't think it's the end for Kepa. I just think that, yeah, he's just been given the opportunity to sort of stop and, and reset and see if he can find his form again and, and get back to, to where he once was as their first team keeper. What do you think? Yeah, poor Kepper. Uh, can't catch a break. Well, he can't catch anything. Um, so stacking that one, haven't you? I was hanging on to that one. I thought that'll be an absolute doozy. No, I think um, Edward Mendy, uh, Mendy is going to come in. So he's more mature age. I think he's about twenty-eight. Um, and just heads up, he is a giant. He is massive. Um, and I think he'll be a good signing. And even if he doesn't come in and start straight away, I think it's a good sort of kick up the ass for Kepper. Um, because Willie Caballero, like, he's great, but I just don't think he's going to put any long-term pressure on him. But it's going to be interesting to see because I think keeper's a funny position where you don't really want to have too much competition. I think you need to have, like, a clear number one, um, and that yeah. can sometimes undermine yeah. the defence a bit. So Chelsea's defence doesn't need much more undermining because they're already quite bad, um, and I don't know how this keeper situation is going to play out. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens here. I agree. I agree. Tough one. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he, he should be okay. Um, but we'll see how it lands for Chelsea and Kepa. So um, we're done with the transfer. So we might move on to um, a new segment now that we are in round one called um, Colo's Multi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it, don't I? Oh, um, so everyone get out your um, pad and pen or your iPhone and, of course, gamble responsibly. So, um, yes, the man who's been dying to be part of the podcast, Colo, um, he has slung me his uh, multi and um, it's called Colo's Multi, so everyone jump on. And, Job, you're going to get the um, the football played on paper account um, up and running too. So we're going to follow these bets and see how much we um, can cash in at the end of the year. So, First leg is um, in the Fulham Arsenal game, and he has tipped Arsenal. Palace Southampton game, he's gone for a draw. Leicester West Brom game, he's gone for Leicester. Tottenham and Everton game, he has gone for Tottenham. So a dollar on that over those four legs will return you sixteen dollars sixty. So if you want a cheeky um, multi, um, there is Colo's multi for the week. Thanks for that, Colo. Um, so what we might do now is, um, Joby, do you want to sing out our socials and our mailbag address? Yep. So the emails go to footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook is football played on paper. Instagram is at football played on paper. And Twitter at football played on pods. Um, and look, we can take... Like, I'm happy to take direct messages. Um, it's only going to start for my uh, fans-only page anyway, so hopefully we'll get there one day. Uh, that's it. Very good. Round one, we're here, baby. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>